Welcome to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church on our second soft open. We are so glad to see your beautiful vaccinated faces in the sanctuary this day. Let us now stand as you are able, but keep your masks on as the choir will take theirs off as we sing, For Now We Dwell Below the Skies. My name is Kevin McCluskey, Director of Children and Youth Ministries, and I'm so happy to be in this church with some people in the congregation. It is great to see your eyes. <laughs> um, and I can't wait until next Sunday when we welcome back children and youth and families uh, for our big, 
big reopening. So I encourage all of the uh, children and youth that may be watching right now, and but especially the parents with little ones, um, please come back. We are anxiously awaiting you. We've been preparing. The children's ministry team has been preparing for many weeks now. We're preparing this morning, getting everything ready. We are going to follow public health guidelines, keep the children very socially distanced and masked and safe, um, but we would love to see them back. We also would invite you next Sunday to bring school supplies. We once again are partnering with the Los Angeles Unified School District Homeless Services to provide backpacks and school supplies for children in their program. And so you can see I have a couple of donated backpacks up here. Um, you don't have to bring a whole backpack. You can just bring school supplies or you can fill up a backpack and bring that. But we encourage everyone to bring that next Sunday. Uh, the list is in the family ministry newsletter that we have been sending out, but you can always email me at kevin at hollywoodumc.org if you want that list, but really they'll take most school supplies that you can think of. So starting next Sunday, we will be ready to have children's ministry for ages three through fifth grade in our children's church, and we will also have our youth program for sixth through twelfth grade. So we welcome you back. We are looking forward to having you, and we are preparing this day. Join me in prayer. Father, thank you for the families that are out there. Thank you for the children and the youth who normally fill this uh, sanctuary. And I pray for their health and their safety, and I pray for their development of their faith. And the challenges that we have been through, may it, may it serve to strengthen their faith in you, God. Um, and may we continue to be folks who point to you, Jesus, uh, as the, uh, the light that we can follow, uh, the guide to our path. Watching you as you loved and as you lived, may we be examples to the children and to the youth of people who fully put our trust and our faith in you, Jesus. We pray for all of the families at the, in the LAUSD Homeless Service, Services Program that they would have their needs met and we could be a small part of meeting their, their needs. Thank you for this place, thank you for this family, and thank you for all the families that are represented. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Let us continue in an attitude of prayer. God, you are the source of wonder in all creation. The song of peace that lingers in our heart and desires to be sung. 
the beauty that looks back at us in the face of others, those we love and the strangers that we meet on the path. You are our God and we are yours and we are grateful for your presence in our lives and for this powerful community of faith that gathers to worship you, to do your work in the world and to remind all who will listen and those who don't want to that all are loved by you, wanted by you, and needed by you. Guide us in our ways. Walk with us in our journey, O oh God. Make us unafraid to live in and lean into your mercy and light and your grace. This morning we confess we come to you with so much to pray for, so many things on our hearts, so much hurt in the world that we don't even know where to start. Dear God, we lift up to you the people of Afghanistan and the tremendous suffering they are now experiencing. We pray for peace for all people in that place and all others, but especially this morning we lift up women and girls in Afghanistan whose freedom and autonomy, education and well-being are under very real threat. We pray that you will be with them and fill them with your spirit and protect them and strengthen them for the incredible and difficult journey that is ahead. We pray for those Afghanistan uh, who are also now looking for safe harbor around the world as refugees who are coming to these shores and others who have had to leave behind all they know and love. May we be welcoming and make a place for them and for all people who seek safety who travel from other places seeking a better life, who flee war and hunger and hardship. May this land of plenty and freedom be a home to them. We know our nation has played its part in this unfolding drama, and, of this pe and as the people of this nation, we offer our grief and our sorrow. And we confess that we do not know the way. We pray for your natural world, and this morning here in California, we especially pray for the victims of the ongoing wildfires, the Caldor fire, the colony in paradise fires, the humans who have been displaced, the animals who have lost their home and their lives, all of your natural world and plants, and of course, the loss of property. On our hearts this morning is the forest of the giants where your creations have stood for hundreds of years Trees whose lives and size and presence feed us spiritually and emotionally. We pray for the firefighters who are fighting to keep this natural world safe, to protect not just humans, but animals. Help us to know what it means to take on the responsibility you gave humanity at our creation, to be responsible stewards of your earth, to change our patterns of consumption and our way of being so that we can once again find harmony and balance with our earth. We pray for our houseless neighbors, including those that make their home here on our corner. And I'm especially grateful for the leadership of our pastor, Pastor Kathy, as she has worked extremely hard to find services and resources for them. May they receive the services and assistance they need. But we also pray for wise political leadership from our city council person and her staff and the entire city and our mayor, that they might feel the urgency of this crisis that we see every day playing out in the lives of people in our city. And we ask that you may intercede in each one of us so that we do not become complacent in the face of such suffering and misery, 
but instead become angry in a righteous way and look for solutions so that all may have the housing they need and live in dignity and health. We continue to pray for all those affected by the coronavirus, those being attacked by the Delta and MU variants, the first responders and the doctors, those in need of medical services that are not COVID related but cannot get them because of the surge in this crisis. We pray that we will all do our part to be vaccinated, to practice important protocols that keep others safe, and to do it as an act of love. And dear God, we pray for all those in our community who have known illness, loss, financial uncertainty, emotional and mental stress. We lift them up to you. We know that you are working in each of our lives and we pray that you will continue to heal us, that you will continue to heal Richard Suttle. We pray that you will continue to be with our beloved Bishop Swenson on the loss of Jeff, who we all miss and for the friends and loved ones of Patrick Murray as we continue to mourn his loss. And this morning, dear God, we pray with and for Maria, Felice, and Nellie, all beloved members of our facilities management community here who have lost their nephew and son, Pedro, in a terrible accident this week. I now invite all present to take a moment of silent prayer and lift up all those things that remain unprayed for and unsaid in your heart. Dear God, we offer these and more, the prayers that are unsaid, the prayers that we don't even know how to put into words, and we offer our gratitude for your loving presence, that we can bring to you all of these concerns and know that you want good for us, that you want joy for us, that you have made us your children to bring that joy to the world. And we are proud to proclaim it, to proclaim your love and to proclaim the love of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, friends. It is indeed good to see you here with those eyes smizing at me above your masks. Um, and I can't wait because next Sunday we will be back together, um, or not next Sunday, on the 26th, very soon for our homecoming Sunday. But I wanted to start first with an announcement that I alluded to in our prayer. Um, you can support Nellie, Maria, and Felice, longtime members of our Hollywood faith community here, by contributing to the Venmo Fund for the Memorial of Pedro. Um, Pedro is the son and nephew of these incredible women. He's a part of our community, and he passed in a very untimely and um, difficult accident this week. You can Venmo a contribution to at Oaks School. Um, Oaks School is handling this. 
And so we would be very glad to contribute to that family who is a part of our world here. So, so many things coming up in the life of the church. Um, the Freeing Jesus chat that accompanies our coming sermon series that Reverend Kathy is hosting begins this Wednesday at 6 p.m. via Zoom. So you can log on after work and get ready for some really exciting conversation as we explore these really powerful concepts over the next month during our sermon series. Pastor Mark is going to be offering a class on Romans that begins this Thursday at 7.15 p.m. on Zoom. It is, I believe, seven weeks, and Pastor Mark is a powerful and wonderful teacher, so if you want to get into it, that's the place to be. And as I said earlier, homecoming is next Sunday. Are you excited? Can I hear it? Now, you're going to hear for folks who are online a few, a few claps, a few voices here for our soft opening. I want to see you sitting here next week. Um, everyone over 12, we ask that you come and that you're vaccinated, that you come prepared to wear your masks in church so we can protect everyone who is here. Our children's programs are going to be opening up very soon. We're just really glad and excited to be seeing you, and we hope that you will be here. And lastly, we invite you now to give as generously as you are able to the mission and ministry of this church in the heart of Hollywood. We have not turned away from the struggle um, or the invitation to service that the pandemic has put in front of us. We have been here, we have been doing our work, and we have been looking to build God's kingdom of love and mercy right here in Hollywood and around the world. But it has been a very difficult time for our church, and your donations are greatly appreciated. Your gifts of tithes, time, love, and financial contributions help make ministry possible here. If you are here in person, you are invited to make your offering in the basket in the narthex when you exit after the end of service. Once again, thank you for coming to church. It's wonderful to see you.
reading from the Gospel of Mark. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And in three days, after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask. When they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. He then took a little child and put it among them. And taking in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Word of God, words of life, thanks be to God. Who is the greatest of all time? In my house, this question used to evoke all kinds of heated arguments, still does at the holidays. Is it Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Now, I'm not asking for your own, but just, just think about it. Is it Fernando Valenzuela or Clayton Kershaw? Is it Venus or Serena Williams? And for those of you who maybe sports isn't your thing, the concept of GOAT, or greatest of all time, isn't limited to sports. Who's the best Jeopardy player, Ken Jennings or James Holzhauer? Who's the best Batman, Adam West or George Clooney or any one of 57 others that happen to play that role? Here's a hard one. The Stones or the Beatles? I heard that from the balcony, no, 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 no. No, there's really only one answer to that. Thank you very much. Yes, Springsteen, yes, yes, yes. All right, so in our gospel lesson for today, it's clear that the disciples have been talking amongst themselves about who is the greatest of all times. Earlier in the same chapter in the gospel of Mark, Three of them, Peter, James, and John, had been with Jesus up on the mountaintop where he had spoken with Moses and Elijah. Jesus had been transfigured and his face had shone like never before. The guys were astounded and couldn't wait to get back to town to tell the others, even though that wasn't part of the plan. So on the way down the mountain, back to Capernaum, we can just see Jesus walking alone thinking and reflecting on his experiences and those which lay ahead of him. Now, to the side, or perhaps behind him, were some of the disciples, and they were arguing as they were wont to do. When they got to their destination, even though he already knew the answer, Jesus asked James and John, what's going on? What have you been arguing about along the way? Well, James and John were busted, and they were more than a little embarrassed at being caught. They didn't want to share that they were arguing with each other over who was the greatest, but that didn't matter because Jesus knew. 
The great preacher Barbara Lumblad once said that Jesus sat down, meaning that he got in his teaching mode and he tried again to get through to all the disciples. Whoever wants to be first must be last and must be servant of all. And you can just tell that their eyes started to glaze over for they'd heard these opposites before. To save life, you must lose your life. To be first, you have to be last. To be great, you have to be a servant. Jesus was always talking this way. But especially in the Gospel of Mark. Notice that Jesus does not say you must be servant to all, but you must be servant of all. That means the disciples are called to be servant leaders, regardless of what other people seek to be. To be a servant leader means that a person puts beyond one's own self-interest to live humbly, to put the needs of others first in ways both big and small. To be a servant leader means that no job is too menial, no job is too irrelevant if it helps to bring forth the kingdom, the beloved community, into being. As I wrote in my From the Pastor last Friday, Going forward, as we are in the next phase of this pandemic, it's not ending, we're simply into the next phase, we're going to be needing folks in the congregations to step up for small and sometimes invisible tasks, but that are necessary to enable us as a community to function together. And specifically, I listed out a few that we're going to have two memorial services this fall in October and November, and we will need folks in the parking lot, we'll need folks helping with hospitality, we'll need a number of different functions for those two services. We need folks who want to help re-envision our homeless ministry from a Tuesday morning weekly endeavor, which it has been for 25 years or so, to something new that fits with our time such as this. Perhaps it's a monthly one in partnership with others, but we need folks who have a passion for that, who want to rethink that. We need one or two youth workers to help Mr. Kevin twice a month with our growing United Methodist Youth Fellowship. We need someone to deliver last year's Compassion Bears to LA County USC, uh, 5P21 Pediatric Clinic. Uh, they take the donations year round, so the fact we're just now getting them there is okay, but they need to be in the arms of children as opposed to being in the office. So anyone can do that, let me know. I know our music department needs bell ringers and more choir members, because you could never have enough choir members. Hey, I heard the amen, that's okay, that's, that's good. And there are other things in our music department to kind of to help just give it depth and breadth because it's so wonderful as it is, amen, amen. And we need occasional clerical help in the office We've got this thing called Charge Conference, which is our annual meeting coming up in November, and so there's just stuff that has to be done for that. And finally, we need folks who are willing to be part of a care team to check in on those among us who are sick or homebound. It doesn't have to be a personal visit. It can be a call. It could be an email. It could be simply a note to say, I'm thinking about you. We as a church are thinking about you. How are you? You see, all of these efforts, small as they are individually, help us live into the community we have been called to be, a community that loves God and that loves one another. To be a servant leader is to be humble, just as the prophet Micah 
in the 7th century BC told God's people, what is it that the Lord requires of you? Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. The great author C.S. Lewis in his signature book, Mere Christianity, puts it this way, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. That's a bold statement to make in Hollywood on Emmy Sunday, isn't it? True humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Now by this point in his ministry that we read about in Mark's gospel, Jesus had given the disciples plenty of examples of thinking of himself less, of living humbly, of servant leadership. But Jesus could see the disciples, they still didn't get it. So he took a little child in his arms and he put the child in the midst of them. Whose child was this? We don't know. Perhaps the child of one of the women who was part of Jesus' community. Whoever this child was, Jesus saw the child as valued and loved. And he scooped up this little one and said, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. In other words, to welcome a child is to welcome God's own self. In this second of many teachable passages, uh, stories in this passage, Jesus gives the disciples and gives us the definition of what true greatness or goat is. Greatness is not found in who you know. Greatness does not come from assuming positions of power or authority. Greatness does not come from the collection of one's accomplishments. Greatness does not come from an inflated sense of self. Benjamin Franklin made a list of character qualities that he wanted to develop in his own life. And when he mastered one virtue, he checked it off and he went on to the next one. He did pretty well, he said, until he got to humility. And every time he thought he was making significant progress, he'd be so pleased with himself that he became proud and he'd have to start all over again. You see, family, true greatness comes when we choose to live humbly, when we welcome and fully embrace the least and the lost, especially the children in our midst. Now, we might read this passage and think, this is not such a radical idea. But in Jesus' day, children were like women property. They had absolutely no value nor standing in society. That reality continued through medieval times. St. Thomas Aquinas taught that in a raging fire, a husband was obliged to save first his father, first then his mother, next his wife, and last of all, his young children. So when Jesus defined greatness as welcoming a child, someone who doesn't have the power or ability or resources to welcome us in return, it was a very radical idea of how to live an authentic life as a Christ follower. To live humbly is not just to accept a child or to tolerate a child. We are to welcome a child in our midst because to do so is to walk humbly with our God. Reminding me of a time way back in the day that I took my boys who were little to hear one of the most humble people I have ever had the privilege of meeting 
South African Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who was preaching at Holman Church in the West Adams area. And Bishop Tutu was preaching, and as it got really quiet in the entire sanctuary, that's when my three-year-old decided that he needed to start talking loudly. Appeals to logic, to location, even bribery with sugar, because I'm not above that. It just doesn't always work with a three-year-old, especially my three-year-old. So people around us just patted him on the head and welcomed him and welcomed a very embarrassed me. But there was one grandmother after worship who came up to me and said something that stuck with me and informed my own ministry. She said, honey, I'd rather have the little ones talking in church than not in church at all. When we welcome a child in our midst, we welcome Jesus, our Christ, and God's own self. Debbie Thomas wrote this week that children teach us to trust God's abundance. Young children generally expect there's enough to go around, enough time, enough hugs, enough attention, enough love. It doesn't occur to them to fear scarcity unless they're conditioned to do so. Left to themselves, they assume plenitude. The disciples in this week's story, though, don't believe that there's that much plenitude in the kingdom of God. They don't lean into Jesus' generosity, sufficiency, and abundance. Believing that's what's available to them is meager and inadequate to start with, they quarrel for first place, first dibs, first prize. And in response, Jesus points them to the non-striving, unambitious, open-hearted trust of a young child, as if to say, stop racing, stop competing, stop scrambling. There is enough I am enough. And she concludes, one of the most central and amazing truths about Christianity is that God became a helpless human infant. In this week's gospel story, Jesus underscores that stunning truth with another. All children represent God's heart, God's likeness, and God's power. To welcome a child is to welcome the divine. To choose vulnerability is to be great in the kingdom of God. And family, it's exactly because we value our children and we recognize their vulnerability to the COVID virus because those under 12 cannot be vaccinated, that beginning next Sunday, we are requiring that those who attend worship in person be vaccinated. Our worship services will continue online for those who are not vaccinated or who prefer to stay home. Your pastors, your staff, and your governance board have prayed, and we are of one mind on this protocol, keeping each other safe. And let me say this, if you are not vaccinated, Please, 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 please have a conversation with your doctor. Not with your Facebook friend. Not with your neighbor. Don't call into a news show. But talk with your doctor about what is best for you and for your family. And I say all this because I'm just really, really selfish. I want to see all of your beautiful fac vaccinated faces right here in the sanctuary. Even if I can only see your eyes, that's okay. I want to see you. So please, put the welfare 
and the well-being of our children and our community of faith first. Get vaccinated. Plan to wear a mask while you are on campus, while you are in the sanctuary, while you are singing. Our choir is the only one who has the option to take off their masks. We're not going to be passing the peace for a while. We can wave at each other. We can bump elbows safely because if we enter this space, we know one another is vaccinated. In conclusion, the great author Madeline Lingle once wrote, humility is throwing oneself away in complete concentration on something or someone else. So I pray that we can concentrate on caring for one another during this pandemic and beyond. Let us make our neighbor's well-being as or even more important than our own. Let us not worry about who is the goat or even the greatest of last year as we watch the Emmys tonight. Instead, let us concentrate on doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God. Amen.
We so look forward to join, joining with you in worship next Sunday on Homecoming Sunday. We do need to let you know that we will not have nursery care until October 17th. You know, the pandemic has taken a toll on a lot of parts of our church and our nursery workers were part of that. We are looking forward to ramping up with a brand new staff, but that won't be until the 17th. Until then, children are welcome in this sanctuary always, and we're gonna have a special family seating down here, just like we did pre-pandemic. So babies, children are all welcome. Let us go now this day knowing that who the real goat is, the greatest of all time, and that is Jesus our Christ. Let us go forward following him. Go forth this day knowing that God loves you, knowing that God has called you to follow him, and knowing that indeed God loves us all. Go in peace to love and serve the world. Amen.